Good morning. I wish that that last song that Alex was singing could have been on online. Intimacy with Jesus Christ just has to be your everything. Just has to be. Let's pray. We'll open up in prayer this morning. Father, we worship you. We praise you. We love you desperately. We thank you, God, that when we seek you, you have said we will find you. We don't have to seek our whole lives for a God that doesn't want to interject in our lives here and is just waiting for us one day when we die. In fact, you're quite the opposite of that. You desire us to seek you so that you can infiltrate every piece of our day. It's your desire that we share with you everything that we are, every moment. For the sake of intimacy with you, for the sake of purity in our walk, because Jesus paid for that. He bought it on the cross. No longer are we slaves to who we once were. We were set free. But it's our choice to live in that freedom. Father, I pray that you speak this morning according to your will. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your words. You know my heart's desire and I've been speaking with you all morning about it, that I want nothing to be of me. Because I can't be any help to anybody without your power, because you are the help. You are the direction. You are the love. You are the peace. You are the joy. You are the patience. You are the endurance. You're the understanding, not us. It is through the wisdom of your Holy Spirit that we could even understand your ways and your desires beyond intellectual understanding. And there's so much more. There's so much more than just intellectually understanding the principles that you desire us to live by. So much more than that. God, so we crave your Holy Spirit. We ask your Holy Spirit to be sent with the wisdom for us to understand what it is that you speak to us in your word, what it is that you speak to us in the intimacy of our relationship together. We cannot do this without you, nor would we want to. We desire you to be every part of this service, of this message, of our day, of our week, of our lives, Lord. 
We give our yes for you to reign freely in Ignition Church. Ignition 633, I don't, I don't even really know to call it a church. I mean, I know we are a church, but it's so much more than that. You said from the beginning that you call it a movement. Because it's something that you are starting, not us. So we give you our yes. I give you my yes. I give you my will to do what you want this morning. Speak according to your will. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I was speaking with him this morning, and as I do every Sunday morning, asking him, you know, what is it that you want me to share? What is it that you want me to give your people? And in those conversations, there's always this give and take. Like often my response after you may say something is, well, yeah, but, well, yeah, but, but what about this? But, but yeah, but there's this. But, but Lord, what about that? And, and so that's, that's how it goes oftentimes, and, and it did, of course, this morning. Because he didn't give me very much. In fact, I wrote down the specific words he said. And for those of you who like titles, you can use this for a title. Don't be afraid. This is what he told me. He said, tell my people, don't be afraid, but be prepared. I think that really falls in line in different categories because preparedness is not about, let's all turn into preppers, right? Even though there might be some cool toys when you get to do that, there's no real safety in it. The being prepared is about understanding relationship with him. What a surprise. What a surprise that that comes out of my mouth. He did tell me this morning, share with my people the conversations we've had this week. So I'm going to do my best to do that. And Father, I just pray you bring to mind anything that I forget. Don't be surprised in the times in which we find ourselves, because he's told us. He's told us here at Ignition for years that these things were coming. And even though you may not feel it, I, you know, I'm curious. I'm curious. And, and this, I know we're not a good representation. I wish, I wish I could ask the whole bride this and have them raise their hands. But I'm just curious in here, how many watch the news, and are up with current events on the news. Just raise your hand. 
Which news? Okay, okay, wait a second. Let me ask it this way because all of you that are afraid to raise your hand. I don't listen to news because it's just junk and I don't. Okay, whatever. How many know that Russia is invading Ukraine? Thank you. Okay, we're at 100%. Thank you. I seriously doubt that that is the percentage with the bride. I mean, they may have heard some things, but if they really know what world events are going on, I would be really surprised. Some do, some don't. Some are more concerned with what is right in front of them, which I understand. I mean, it's easy to get locked into your own situation and not really think about what's going on, especially when it's seven or eight, nine thousand miles away, right? Well, that, that doesn't affect us on this shore, right? It doesn't affect us in this country. I mean, it, it might economically, you know. I mean, gas might shoot to $15 a gallon. Oh, my God. By, by the way, by the way, when gas goes up, guess what? People are going to start paying attention because it affects them. Isn't that the way it goes? When we don't pay attention until something happens that affects us. But the Lord has told us for a long time now that the physicality of what is going on in this woe is coming to our doorstep. It is. We know that here. I know that's not a surprise here in Ignition. But it's going to be a huge surprise to many in the bride and an even bigger surprise to those in the world. I know I'm almost 58, and in my lifetime, we have not had war, right, here. The last time we had, I mean, because I don't, I don't really count 9-11 as war. It was an attack on our soil, but there wasn't war here. Just like World War II, Pearl Harbor, there was an attack on our soil, but we did not have war here. The last time we had war here was when we fought ourselves. Civil war. Prior to that, the last time we had real war here in this country was in the independence of this country. When you think about that from the mind frame of most over in Europe or in the Middle East, it's a very foreign concept, especially the Middle East. Right? War is understood. War is a part of life. It's not a surprise over there. It will be a surprise here. Because the Lord has told us war is coming here. He told us this a long time ago. There will be a civil war in this country. There will be world war that will have its battle on our soil. These are things that the Lord has told us. And six months ago or a year ago, that would have been and and was by many a farce. And say, oh, no, that that's not true that, you know, my whole life, we've never had things like that here. Do you know that is exactly what the Ukrainians thought? That's why they weren't fully ready, because they weren't fully believing that it was actually coming until the moments that it came. 
We know people in Ukraine. I get, I get newsletters from missionaries that are in Ukraine. And just listening to what they say and what some of the others have said that I've seen in newsreels, they never thought it would actually happen until about a week before it happened. See, the bride shouldn't be surprised. Because God has shared with us what is coming. And even more than that, he shared with us the reason why it's coming. See, this war that is to come on our soil is for a purpose. I I won't begin to try and list what God's reasons are, except ultimately it is to bring into submission his bride and in intimacy with him. And to bring into submission the very powers that come against his bride. So he said, don't be afraid, but be ready. You know, when you look at what's going on over in Ukraine, and by the way, uh, I'll share this with you. Again, it shouldn't be a surprise that Putin and Russia is doing this. And after the fact, you can look, well, yeah, I see that. But don't be surprised when it goes further, because it will. It'll go further than Ukraine. And it won't just be Russia. It will also be China. China will quickly take Taiwan. But it won't stop there. Do you understand it can't stop there? Because what is driving them is not something that they are just trying to grasp for their own good. If you think that Putin is just trying to put back together the old Soviet Union, then you need to go look at history and understand what they thought when the Soviet Union was together. It was about world dominance. It was about moving in a direction where they were the ultimate power. You know, it's interesting because the same thing with China. That one's not so hard to to research. Just go look some of the things that Xi Jinping has said about being the world, the global dominant power. Well, both of them that desire this, first of all, please understand, they're driven by the same spirit. Right? If you don't see that, you're not going to see any of this in the first place. They are driven by the same spirit. That's why their desires... Their aspirations, their, their one-sided view of the world even exists, and it's the same. It's because it's one spirit that is driving them in this way. Again, there's a reason for that. That spirit, ultimately, from Satan knows what's coming. If we don't look at this battle from the eyes of the spirit realm, we're not going to know how to even operate and how to fight and move in this battle. 
So know that the two of them are driven by the same spirit. But neither one can do what they desire to do. I mean, you've got militarily, the United States, even under a feckless administration, is supremely powerful. When you think of our, I think it's 10 or 11 aircraft carriers to China's one. And I'm not sure if Russia even has one. I don't think Russia has much of a navy. But what they have is a nuclear arsenal, which, by the way, I don't know if you heard, yesterday, I think it was last night, they upgraded their ready threat for their nuclear arsenal to combat ready. I don't know what that means. But any upgrade, I know when we upgraded here, it's because of a situation that's pretty serious. Don't know that we've ever gone to combat ready. Not even sure what that is. Except that at that point, all it takes is a push of a button, I believe. They know that they cannot take this country individually. They can't. Because America is too strong. And America has too much of the other spirit that this spirit fights against. So they form an alliance, which you've already seen. Right? The Lord has told us that was coming before they ever formed the alliance. But I don't know how many months ago, two or three months ago or whatever, when they met, they formed this alliance. Or it might have been a little longer than that. can't remember. They formed this alliance together. Because honestly, their only shot at taking what they desire in world dominance is by banding together to do it. Even that, what they don't see is the spirits behind it. Because the spirit that is pushing them is nothing in a battle with the Holy Spirit. It's nothing. It's, it's kind of like when you invade the shores of the U.S., you might be able to get past the defensive bases and the defensive structure of our shores militarily. But then you've got to deal with the individuals that have guns. You've got to go house by house. And that's going to be a real problem. It's going to be a problem bigger than any military they have because here's the thing. They can't just bomb us. They can't just take us out with nuclear weapons because they actually need the land. That's what they want. They want the economic power that America holds. Do you know Russia's, I I think Russia is something like 10% of the economic power of the U.S.? Not even close. No, but actually, I think it's less than that. Not even close. The only one close in economic power is China. And the only reason they're close is because much of their power is gained from us. Because we buy from them. So do you see that strategically, they have no choice in their paradigm of moving forward to what they want. They have no choice but to come after the states. They have no choice. 
So they see this as a necessity. And what the Lord has told us is what their opportunity will look like. I was talking to him about it this, this week. And, you know, how do these things escalate? First of all, I've got to tell you, I don't understand why, why we haven't done anything or done very little or whatever. I mean, I get it. I get Ukraine's not a NATO country, country yet, or, you know, we've been trying to get it to be one. That's what Putin says the problem is. But, but Ukraine is one of the largest economies in Europe one of the largest producers in the top three, certainly. So it's no wonder why Putin wants it. Even though it was part of the Soviet Union before. But do you think he'll stop there? Do you think China would stop with Taiwan? No. Because that's not their goal. Go go read what, what China says about their desire for world dominance and why. Do you know they're a landlocked country? They're much smaller in land mass, even though they're greater in people. They need what we have. They need what people in what we would call the free world have. But look at it behind the scenes of that. That's not really what's going on. What's really going on is Satan wants dominance over the entire world. Jesus already came and paid for that dominance to be destroyed. He's waiting up, he's waiting for his children, his bride to wake up to the power that they have. That's why everything that you see going on right now is not driven by Satan. I'm sure he wishes it was. It's not. It is driven to force that line which we've talked about, where people make choices of who they are going to serve. So when these things come down, when you understand these things coming down, don't be afraid. Be ready. You know, I think of that in in two ways, really. One, at which you're being attacked, and two, at which you're told to attack. Right? Both are battles. Both are sent by the Lord. I think of the second one where Joshua was standing on the edge of the promised land. And in Joshua Joshua chapter 1, three times, I believe it was, the Lord says, be bold and courageous. Why? Because he knew that they were going to step into a battle against great odds. To take a land that they were a small portion of in terms of military might. In fact, God didn't even use their military might in the first conquest. Until, I mean, I guess he did after the walls came down. But then it was all just academic. He said, be bold and courageous. Don't fear. Don't fear. Why is he saying that? 
Because there is something that Satan wants you to fear. He wants you to be afraid of what Putin's doing. He wants you to be afraid of what China's doing. He wants you to be afraid of the thought that China will, or even both, who knows, will be on this soil. He wants you to be afraid of that. Why? Because fear is what gives him the edge. Fear is what the enemy uses to gain an open door to access authority in your life. Being afraid is not what being a warrior is about. Or let me let me correct that. Agreeing with fear is not what being a warrior or being a son of God is all about. Satan will certainly bring it to your doorstep, but we're not to agree with it. We're not to entertain that fear, but instead to be ready. Now the Lord has shown me two types of people in his bride. He has shown me those that he has called to step onto the battlefield and to take the enemy. And that was what I just referenced in what he said to Joshua, who was to take land and to take that kingdom that was promised to Israel. But then there's a second type of his bride that are going to be experienced in these coming months and years. And that is those who have to just hold tight and trust. When I was asking him for examples of that, he brought to my mind this morning Hezekiah. When king, the king of Assyria, Zanakarib, was coming against Israel, and we're going to turn there, but I, 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 I'll give you just the basic of the story where Assyria was not stopped by any other nation. And in fact, everything was destroyed in its path. And then they set their eyes on Israel and came against Israel and sent this letter or sent this scribe or whatever, and that's where we could start. He, he comes and I can't remember his name. It's Rabshakeh. That's it. We're going to begin in verse 31 of, of 2 Kings chapter 18. 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 31. So, so they're, they're, the king of Assyria, King Sennacherib, sends this envoy to tell him, we're about to take you over, you better just let us. You know, that just gives you an idea of how powerful fear is. Because if you fall into the fear of that and you do not know God, what are you going to do? Well, it's sure better to be a slave than it is to be dead. That's what you'll say in your mind. And that's what he wanted the children of Israel to say here. And by the way, that's what the enemy wants you to say now. Verse 31. This is uh, the Reb Shaka dude. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, Make your peace with me, and come out to me. Ooh, don't those words make you sick? 
Make your peace with me. It just sounds sappy sweet. Come on, we'll play nice. Just come on out. Man, we're, we're actually really cool. You know, it'll, it'll be fun. You don't have to worry. I'm not going to hurt you. Just make peace with us. When you make peace with us and you're on our side, then, then you get to be on the good side, and then we'll just go against everybody else. See, that thought process does not work when it is against God and you are a child of God. You have no choice. You have no choice but to believe and stand and trust. But he said that. Make make your peace with me and come out to me. Then each of you will eat of his own vine and each one of his own fig tree and each one of you will drink the water of his own cistern until, until... I come and take you away. But don't worry, it's to a land like your own land. A land of grain and wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey, that you may live and not die. In other words, you know what? It looks like a lot like this place. You're, you're going to be able to come and live. and I mean, it'll hardly even be different. Okay, isn't that kind of what... The Biden administration said to us, oh, it's going to be better. It won't be even different. You won't even notice. You won't even notice 9% inflation. 9% heck. 9% is nothing. You won't even notice. You won't even notice the fact that we're trying to shut down your churches. You won't notice the fact that we're trying to literally change what God stands for in this country. You won't even notice. Don't worry. If, if, you, if you live in the plains of, of Timbuktu, USA, heck, you probably don't, can't even hear me now. Because you're just there dealing with your own life and you don't have to worry about it. See, that's what they say to lull you in. That's what he's saying here. I love the people's reaction in verse 36. But the people were silent and answered him not a word. For the king's command was, don't answer him. Thank you, Lord, that they trusted. They trusted you and not their own fear. Go to chapter 19. As soon as the king, King Hezekiah heard it, he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, and Shebna the secretary, and the senior priests, covered with sackcloth, to the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos. They said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of distress, of rebuke, and of disgrace. Children have come to the point of birth, and there is no strength to bring them forth. A little dramatic. But it's what they felt. It may be that the Lord your God heard all the words of Rabshakeh, whom his master, the king of Assyria, sent to mock the living God and will rebuke the words that the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. See, you have to understand the odds were greatly against Israel here. Honestly, it wasn't even a situation like what we have today. It wasn't even a situation like 
like Russia and China against the U.S. That actually, if you want to look at it militarily, is more of a fair fight. Do you, you see what I'm saying? This, this that Hezekiah was fighting was not a fair fight. This wasn't even close. He said, pray for the remnant that is left. When the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, Say to your master, thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have reviled me. Behold, I will put a spirit in him so that he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will make him fall by the sword of his own land. So they went to the Lord, and the Lord gave them an answer. Don't worry about it. I got this. I got it taken care of. You don't have to even worry about it. He said that to us, hasn't he? He said that to his bride. Here's what's coming. And you hear the rumblings all over the earth. Here's what's coming. Things that we notice in Nigeria all the time. Even, I think it was last night or the night before, where there was a shot right outside of our, our compound. Okay, these things are coming. The Lord has told us that. But don't be afraid. Don't worry about it. Because even though all these things are coming, I have a plan. The Lord says, I have a plan to destroy the enemy. I have a plan to literally draw them out to be destroyed. Who? You know, Lord said to us one time that he will draw all his enemies onto a single shore. And in one stroke, he would kill them. I don't begin to know what that means. Except I take it at face value. Don't know what the shore is. Though I have a feeling that it's the East Coast. Don't know what it means for it to be all the enemies. I don't even know if that's in the physical or in the spirit. I have no idea. All I know is it's a pretty big thing that all the enemies are killed in one moment. And it really goes along with what happened later in this story. But see, just like Hezekiah, which we'll go into in a minute, we've had the same thing happen to us where God gave us these promises. And then all of a sudden things are happening in our lives different than what he says. Well, okay, wait a second. You, you said that it was going to be this and this and this. You're going to ready your bride. You're going to bring your bride to a, to a rule and all of this. And now all of a sudden we're, we're in this great oppression. You know, perfect example of that was the surprise that came when the presidency was stolen. That was a surprise. Certainly a surprise to me. I don't know. If maybe you guys weren't surprised. I was surprised. I remember dropping on my knees that night and saying, Lord, wait a second, you said, you said, you said, I don't understand because you said. He said, just watch. Just watch. Time will show. Time will prove what I am doing. 
Nothing that I have said is any different. The Lord says, none of it, every promise that he has made is true and can be counted on. Even though the circumstances look different. Imagine for a minute that Ukraine has taken over and then all of a sudden Putin goes a little further and he starts to go against a NATO country. That pulls us in right away. I'm telling you it's his plan. That's his plan. Because Putin and Russia is not to be the dominance. China is. If anything, Russia is the distraction. Russia is who pulls us in, who waves a flag over here, come get us, because we will not be stopped. I don't know how all that's going to play out. It doesn't matter to me. What I can tell you is it's going to play out. China will be on the shores here of this country. So when they are, what are you going to do? How are you going to react? Because that's kind of opposite of what the Lord has said about his bride, right? That's what happened with Hezekiah, because he went to the Lord, and Isaiah said, we just literally read it, Isaiah said, don't be afraid because of the words that you have heard. I'll put a spirit in him so he'll hear a rumor and return to his own land. Okay, but that wasn't, it wasn't over the testing of Hezekiah and the children of Israel, because what happened next was this letter that came. And we'll, we'll skip a bit, but just, to, just so you know what happened, a letter was sent saying, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> and this was from Sennacherib. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to come and we're going to conquer you, and you're going to, because you have resisted, it's done. We're not playing around anymore. And Hezekiah then takes that letter and goes before the Lord and cries out and says, Lord, you said. And here's the evidence of what's really going on here physically in this country, in this time frame. And what was the Lord's response to him? I love this. Verse 32 of chapter 19. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into the city or shoot an arrow there or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege mount against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return. And he shall not come into this city, declares the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. So see, it was looking opposite for King Hezekiah than what the Lord had said. The Lord said, no, I'll put a spirit in him and he'll go home the way, the way he came. And then all of a sudden, Hezekiah sees that he's sieged by this king. And they want to kill him. They want to fully take him over. They're not going to play around anymore. And he lays this letter before the altar and, and says, Lord, you are not a liar. 
They are. But here's what they're saying about you. Here's what they're saying against what you have said. And he lays it out. And the Lord again then says, none of that will happen. Don't worry. Don't worry. In the day-to-day moments, that's where the fight is. Not in the overall, yes, okay, don't worry, I won't worry. But when you find yourself in a place where that evil is at your doorstep, and that evil has the physical capability of overtaking you, that is the point of fear that God is saying, don't receive that fear. Know what His protection is, what His deliverance is. And believe it. Believe what he has said to be true. Believe what he has said about his ready bride. Believe what he is doing in the world. And don't look at the muster of everything going on around you. Certainly don't believe what the enemy is saying based on what is going on around you. So then what happened? I love this. Verse 35. And that night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. Can you imagine? I mean, put yourself in that physical situation. You're standing on the wall. Your whole, whole city is besieged with people that want to kill you destroy you, you have offended them because you said, no, we will not become your slaves. So they're like, okay, no problem, you will be dead. They besiege you. You lay it before the Lord and you're like, Lord, we can't do anything. Lord said, don't worry, you don't have to do anything. I told you that from the beginning. Just believe. Just believe. So then they go to bed at night. And they wake up in the morning. You can read on. They wake up in the morning And all 185,000 are dead. Wow. I love that the scripture said that was a single angel. I don't even think, you know, if if it would have been Michael, they would have said, this is Michael. I think this is the capability of any of his warring angels. Because it's not the strength of the angel. It is the command of God. That's what gave strength. To that situation. God will defend his people. As this escalates, don't be afraid what he wants. He's giving you time. He's giving you time to believe. He's giving you this ramp up period as his bride to just trust him. To know who you are in Christ. Wow, what a key. If you don't know who you are in Jesus Christ, you're going to struggle with this thing called fear. When they come and they surround your city, your place, where you see there's no way out. I mean, do you think that now because Jesus died on the cross and we're in the New Testament that God doesn't release angels anymore? How about, yeah? How about what we see in the Old Testament is a, simply a warm-up of what is coming? We know that to be true because what he says prophetically in the New Testament. 
See, those angels didn't retire. In fact, as the day approaches, I think they get more and more excited. Do you not think they know what's coming? Yeah, they do. Guess what they need? Guess what God desires, and not only desires, but he demands. He demands our faith. He demands our yes. He demands our coupling with him. So he can work through us, through our faith. See, in this case, he worked through the faith of these children of Israel. He worked literally through the faith of Hezekiah, allowing him to be tested, even allowing him to come before him crying out because nothing looked as if it, as it was supposed to, and saying, it's okay, I got this. God's not surprised by any of it. God's not surprised by what is trying to overtake. And please, guys, don't put your faith in, in, you know, the November elections and, you know, we'll take back the House and take back the Senate and, well, we can't take back the, the presidency because that's two years away, but it was stolen in the first place. So don't put your faith in that. By the way, we will. We will take those things. We will take it all back. But it's not about that. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the very thing that causes our internal war. Don't be surprised. This spirit that has been released in this country to bring this exposing, this line that has been drawn, this spirit will not stop. It won't stop, and it's not supposed to stop. Now, I'm not saying it's a good spirit. It's not a good spirit. Because it, it desires to bring death and destruction to the bride, to God's chosen people and our way of worshiping him. But the thing is, it is also for a test for the bride to trust I don't know. I, I mean, if China were to surround us here, I don't know how we'd get out of it. What I would be expecting is one or two of those angels. That's what I'd be praying for. And then, Lord, just allow me to watch. Let me see your hand of glory. But it's going to come down to that. <laughs> It won't come down to something that doesn't require your faith. He requires your faith. And in order to have that faith, you've got to know who you are. I want you to turn just real fast to Ephesians. I want to read something out of chapter 2, but I really I want to give you some homework. I want you to spend time in Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3 specifically. And I know we've gone over Ephesians a couple different weeks. But spend time in it with the Lord. Know who you are in Christ. Because when you know who you are in Christ, 
there is a baseline of your faith that the enemy cannot penetrate because you know who you are. He can only penetrate through deception. He can only penetrate through lies. If you know truth and you really have it settled in your heart and believe the truth of who you are in Christ, he can't penetrate it. In fact, when he tries, that faith, when tested, becomes stronger. That's what he wants to do. That's, that's what the Lord wants to do in your life. Your faith to grow, your faith to become stronger, to know who you are, to not be afraid, but be ready. It's like, don't be afraid. Also, don't be surprised. But be ready. Be ready in your faith. Chapter 2 talks about, in part, who we are. I'm just going to read a couple of verses here. Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Following the course of this world. Following the prince and the power of the air. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among whom we all once lived. In the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Now, by the way, the Lord did not give a third category here. Okay, in talking about the children of God, you are either a child of God or you are a child of wrath. There's no middle road there. There's no third option there. When you were not, when you were in your trespasses and sins, before you had accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, you were a children, a child of wrath. Literally driven by Satan. That's what it says right here. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, that spirit, that spirit of Antichrist, that spirit of Satan that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, looking literally looking at things in the material way of trying to figure them out. That's what he says you were. But when you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, verse 4 became active in your life. But God, I love those words. All this devastation that is at your door, that is who you are, but God. But God, verse 4, being rich in mercy because of his great love which he has toward us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses has made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him. And seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Now don't be confused there. Because critics look at that and say, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm, I'm still sitting right here. I wasn't raised anywhere. Wait, no, maybe that's when I'm dead. Okay, yeah, I, I can believe that. Yeah, I, I get to be raised with Jesus when I'm, when I'm dead. And that's when it'll all be good, so 
I just got to hang on and just be this sourpuss until it happens. No, it's not what it says. The moment you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, your spirit was taken and resides with him in heavenly places. Your spirit is sealed, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, by the power of the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. That's why your spirit's taken. But we're not just spirit. We're spirit, we're flesh, and we're will. We're our soul, our our mind. Our flesh certainly isn't taken. I still see myself. I'm still here. But so is my will. So is my choice. When I accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, He did not take away my choice. By my choice, I gave up one choice. And that was to not be saved. Because He paid for everything. In fact, he goes on to say it's not of works lest any man should boast. But I still have choice in my walk in this life because that's how I can choose him and choose to build relationship with him. But why did he do this? Why did he make us his children even on this earth? Why? Why did he tell us who we are even right now? Why? For that matter, why did he even leave us here? Why? Verse 7, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. It's because through faith he wants to show you who he is and he wants to show you why you are so important to him. But it requires a key ingredient that, quite frankly, is the basis for everything required of us. The only thing required of us for salvation, for justification, and that's faith. You have to believe. You have to believe. As we're moving forward into these times, you have to believe what he has said. You have to believe that he gives protection to you. You have to believe that He loves you, that He is for you. He wants to show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness toward us. See, a bridegroom loves his bride. But a bridegroom deserves a ready bride, a bride who loves him, who is in unity with him and in unity together. That's why all of this has come upon us at this time in history, because the bride's not unified, because much of the bride does not know his voice does not have relationship and intimacy with him. But yet, do you not understand that's that's a prerequisite to being ready? He literally paid for that. He paid for his bride to be ready and to be yearning for him. Not, Not to just think that they can, if I could just, you know, make it through this life and then I'll be okay in heaven. 
Wow, what a depressing thought. That's why in, in the first, in, in chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation, it taught, in the seven letters to the seven churches, it talks about being a conqueror. You look at all those, and, and what a fascinating study to go through those, but if you look at each one, each one is accomplished through faith. If you don't have faith, you can't be a conqueror in any one of those. Faith is the ingredient to being a conqueror. And not just generic faith, but faith in what he says. Faith in who he is. Faith in what those 66 books written by over 40 authors, the Word of God says. Faith in your intimate, personal relationship with him and what he says to you. I know I probably just lost 90% of the people that were listening. But that's the truth. God never intended for you to follow an instruction manual and not get to know the writer of it until you get to heaven. There's no faith in that. There's There's understanding intellectual property there's a big difference. In fact, when he says that it's faith that pleases him, when we don't walk in faith and we don't step in faith, the opposite of that is true. It displeases him. Our only capacity to please him is faith. He gives us life for that very purpose, to walk in relationship with him and believe. Oh man, there there was a there was a guy. I it it, it happened this time, but I I remember this back. I don't even remember how many. I think I was a kid. It was when uh, China was invading Tiananmen Square. Anybody remember that? Yeah. And I remember this tank coming into Tiananmen Square and this student, because that's who they were trying to squash were, were these students that were standing up. He, he goes out there and he just steps right in front of the tank. Right? What, what was his faith in? Was his faith in the fact that that tank couldn't run, run him over? <laughs> no. Obviously. His faith was in what he stood for. Now, I don't know what he stood for. That's not my point. We, don't, we do know who we stand for. You know, when he stood up in front of this tank, this, this tank that was advancing in taking over, literally stopped, tried to go to the right, and he would move to be in front of it. Tried to go to the left, he would move to get in front of it. And that's all I remember of the video. I don't know what happened to him. I would imagine he was probably shot or run over. I would imagine. But he stopped a tank with his faith. If even for a moment, but think about it, we're talking about it now. That moment lasted. Where is your faith going to be when... The enemy is overwhelming to you. Wow, this, this has application in far more than 
what's going on in the world. It has application every day in your life. But the physical realities of readying the bride are upon us. And it requires the exposing of what's been hidden for centuries. That's what's being exposed. The real hearts of people. It's being exposed in the bride. And it's certainly being exposed in this, in the world. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to have faith. Know that you know who you are in Christ. Know the power that he gives you in the faith he tells you to have. Do you think it was faith that helped bring that angel that killed 185,000? Yeah, I do. If Hezekiah had never gone to him, if Israel had never turned to him, it would have been a different outcome. But see, Hezekiah told the people, don't answer him, be silent. And the people in agreement with him were silent. They didn't answer That was faith. Do you understand? That was faith. God's asking us to have faith now. And I would encourage that to even our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. Have faith. Trust in what he will do. Because this won't be stopped. In fact, it's supposed to happen. And it will go further. And I can't answer for the collateral damage of that. I I don't have an answer for that. Except for the fact that I know that's what Satan does. But each of us have a choice. Even, Even there in Ukraine, they have a choice. They have a choice to believe God. They have a choice to believe in his protection, in his divine will. Wouldn't it be great to see an angel released there? How cool would that be? All of a sudden, you know, I mean, 185,000, that's more than, I think, no, I think he had 200,000 on the border, right? That Russia had 200,000 troops on the border, something like that. Extra 15,000, that's nothing. An angel can do that. But don't be afraid. Just be ready. Keep your eyes open and knowing where the Lord wants you to insert your faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We love you. And Lord, we stand before you in agreement with your will to be done. Lord, thank you. I I, I don't even know where I would be if I did not Know and understand through your prophets what you say. I can see how people that don't even believe in that, don't even know how when they are surprised, fear will take hold. God, I pray for your bride. I pray, Lord, that their eyes be opened. I thank you, Father, that you look at the heart and you don't look at the exterior.
Because I do believe, I know there are many in the bride whose eyes are not open, that they don't see, they don't even believe that you speak. But that their hearts are longing for you. Thank you that you know their hearts. Father, what I do, what I do ask is that you bring them to a place of seeing what you're doing. Of, be, of being willing to know what you are saying. And Lord, help us not to be in fear because I don't know about everybody else, but I do know about this group here and those watching in Nigeria and I'm sure many others. We're called to a different battle. We're not called to hunker down and not be afraid. We're called to be bold and courageous. Because we're about to take land. Lord, we trust you in whatever you want to do. Because our sights are not on what is being taken here or even what is being fought over here. Our thoughts are on a city whose foundations are built by you. And that's what you're doing. You have placed the plumb line in your bride's hands. Surely you will complete it. We trust you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.